This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. I believe they are uh, one of the favorites for for winning the, the title. Uh, they they prove it uh, in the last season, winning the Champions League. We know how strong they are, uh, but we are not too focused on the opponents. We are focused on our our jobs, and we need, we must to to be focused on our job to do 100% that we have. This is on the ball on BFM 89.9. Liverpool keeper Alison Becker picking up opponents Chelsea in the run-up to the weekend's massive clash. Hi there, it's Ross. It's on the ball. Thanks for joining me. Of course, it's the last round of fixtures before our first international break of the season. And here, joining me on tonight's show, we've got Bob Holmes. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Uh, Des Corkill is also here. Hello, Des. Did you realise, uncommented on last year, we had the dreaded, last week, we had the dreaded return of VAR. It's been accepted and it's still crap. uh, You're going to see the picture of Des Corkill in social media when we post this up. Des is a floating head on tonight's show, let me tell you. And it's really weird. Anyway, welcome back to a a long-time friend, long-time no-see, Everton fan, just just a bit, Uh, Lin Chu, Hello. Hello, everyone. It's been a long, long time. It's, it's been, been a long phone. time. And, and Des <laughs> said at the start of the show, oh, Everton doing well. She's out of the woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes, yes, yes. Now, as usual, you can follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. Remember to sort your teams out for our BFM Fantasy Football. Uh, this season, it's brought to you by my-soccer.com. Uh, we have Manager of the Month prizes and also football tips, fantasy football tips brought to you by the Banger Committee. All available on our Facebook page, BFM Football. Right, first things first then, the Champions League draw happened uh, last night. And let's go through some of the groups that the English clubs are involved in. Group A, Bob Holmes, sees Manchester City, PSG, RB Leipzig and poor old Club Bruges. <laughs> That's Group A. Uh, oil teams, obviously mammoth teams expected to go through. Leipzig could be the joker in the pack there. Yeah, Leipzig are all right. Um, Club Bruges, not so. Uh, I mean, we expect uh, City and PSG to sail through that. Um, I mean, the, it'll be interesting to see Messi uh, playing against Pep. Of course, I mean, a lot of little issues like that, but uh, it would be an absolutely staggering upset uh, if uh, those two don't progress to the uh, business end of the tournament. So uh, I think uh, it's it's a fair enough draw. I don't think there's anything to fear. Uh, Even if you come second, uh, it's not the end of the world, is it? So those two, I mean, don't forget City beat uh, PSG last year in the semi-final. Um, But, uh, and they may have Ronaldo. That's the interesting (laughs) point here. It could be Ronaldo against Messi. That would would make people watch, I think. Or Um, in in a strange twist of things, Mbappe goes, PSG get Ronaldo in. Then he plays with Messi and Neymar. Oh my goodness. 
Oh my God. Anyway, group, group A is already throwing up so many permutations. Uh, group B has been dubbed the group of death, uh, Des Corkill. It involves your beloved Liverpool, along with Atletico Madrid, Porto, Portugal, and AC Milan. There's some great names in there, aren't there? Jurgen Klopp's reaction was to laugh. He said, what do you do? What do you do? You've got to beat the best uh, if you're going to progress in Europe. Um, my gosh, that is a tough one, uh, Simeone. Uh, Atletico have done Liverpool twice in big matches in recent years. Uh, they beat uh, Liverpool in a semi-final of uh, uh, the, the, Europe, um, the Europa League uh, when Rafa Benitez was there. And then, of course, they knocked Liverpool out of the Champions League under, um, under Klopp. So there's a bit of revenge there. Uh, AC Milan, they are... I, I can't work out Italian football. I can't work out um, whether or not this is a, a huge uh, obstacle or not. But obviously, there's the history of uh, Istanbul as well as um, uh, the second final as well in Athens between Liverpool. And when Porto were the weak team of the group, in inverted commas, you, can, you, you know that there's a really, really tough group there. So, um, you know what? You've got to beat the best. Um, you, you, you may as well have a strong squad. So, go for it. If you go out, go out to the best. Yeah. Um, group F. Features Manchester United along with their. <laughs> it seemed they seem to meet Villarreal every season. Lynn, it's Villarreal, Man United, Atalanta, who have recently impressed, and young boys yes. of Switzerland. Yeah, I think Atalanta is going to give um, United and Villarreal a, a run for the money. And uh, who knows? Maybe it will be a good evening. Was it good evening? Good evening, <laughs> good yes. Evening. It might be a good evening for Villarreal, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, European champions Chelsea are in Group H, along with Juventus, Zenit St. Petersburg and Malmo, ex-finalists ex, uh, in the European Cup. Bob will know Malmo quite well because I remember Forrest beating Malmo. Was it 79, Bob? Uh, yes, that was the first time we won it. Trouble uh, Francis, right? <laughs> Trevor Francis, yeah. uh, header from a John Robertson cross. Uh, that's it. A uh, photograph of that is on uh, many um, people's rooms in Nottingham. Black uh, and white, isn't it, Bob? Black and white. <laughs> Black and white, yes. <laughs> Black and white. Um, and not, not many action replays in those days either. <laughs> but, but this but, is a uh, tough group, Chelsea, aren't they, Bob? Well, I, compared to the others, um, I wouldn't say so. Uh, I, I don't think Juventus are, um, are as good as they were. Uh, they might be better without Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a, the, the chairman has uh, suggested that possibility because although he was the top scorer in, uh, for three seasons in a row, he certainly delivered the goals, but he upset the style of play. As we know, he doesn't press, he doesn't uh, track back. And uh, overall, they weren't as good as they were before they signed him. Yeah. So I think you have to look as if this is this whole Ronaldo experiment by Juve was a failure. I mean, not for Ronaldo personally, but for the club, you have to say it was. His, his wages are 31 million pounds after tax per year. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, group C is Sporting Lisbon, Borussia Dortmund, Ajax and Besiktas. Group D is interesting. Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk and Sheriff Tirapsol. 
I they're, they're my tip. They're my tip to go through. Group E is Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Benfica, three massive names there, along with Dinamo Kiev. And finally, Group G, uh, Lille, Sevilla, Salzburg and Wolfsburg. Now, I understand the Europa League and the Conference League draws all happening tonight. You get those draws in full on our on our Facebook page, BFM Football. So, so do check it out. We, we carry on for now and, and we move on to the Harry Kane news. I'll come to you first, Lynn. Harry Kane has, yep. well, Harry Kane has, in inverted commas, decided to stay at Spurs this summer, close inverted commas. <laughs> Daniel Levy I mean, won that battle good and proper, didn't he? Who did he think he was, you know, to not show up at training? I mean, you are paid to, to play, right? I mean, he's trying to force a move. So, um, unfortunately, yep, Daniel Levy. Is it Levy or Levi? Levy. Levy. Yep. <laughs> Levy, Levy, yep. All right. Okay, yeah. So, unfortunately, he's, he's got to say. Well... He, he was quite professional, Bob, putting it behind him. As Spurs played on Thursday night, they had a 1-0 deficit to turn around in their Europa Conference playoff against Pacos de Ferreira of Portugal. They won 3-0. Kane got himself a brace. Yeah. Um, yes, it looked as if uh, nothing had happened, did it? Um, I, I disagree a little bit there with uh, Lynn. I think she's been a bit harsh on Harry Kane. Um, <laughs> according to him, it depends which side of the story you, mm. you're on. According to him, he had been granted permission to uh, have an extension of his uh, holiday. And uh, he came back on time. According to him, anyway. And he also and said he, there was a gentleman's agreement, wasn't there, with Levy? Yeah. Well, I think he, he was naive. I think this is where the, the whole thing starts. I think he, he's being a bit naive. He's got his brother as his agent, yeah. and his dad has a big say in these things. And it wasn't as if he was going into Daniel Levy with uh, a Mino Raiola or a Jorge Mendes by his side. Um, I think things might have been rather different. I don't think they would have allowed him to sign a six-year contract in mm. the first place, which is basically the, the first mistake he made. Uh, I mean, at that point, he'd just come out of the uh, World Cup. He won the Golden Boot. Um, everything in the garden looked rosy. And he was uh, still only 24. And uh, he couldn't envisage playing for anybody else other than his home club. So six years, yeah, no worries, sign on the dotted line. <laughs> I mean, he's getting 200K a week as well. But, of course, things change. Spurs didn't do as well as he hoped. He, want, he gets to 28. He wants to win something. So, understandably, he, you know, hung, uh, hungers for a, a trophy. And the only way of getting it was uh, by moving. But it didn't work out. So, uh, anyway, he's still there. And I think he, Spurs are looking all right, actually. They might have a good season, after all. Yeah. So uh, it, it's not worked out too disastrously for anyone, in fact, except uh, City, perhaps. Four days left of the transfer window. Uh, if Kane stays this summer, this story will, will come up again in January, undoubtedly. Unless City sign Ronaldo. I, so many things to happen. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Carabao Cup. 
happened on Tuesday. Now, Cam was talking about this on Monday. He's saying they should just scrap the Carabao Cup. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. But then you look at some of the results that's come up, Des. I mean, there were thumping wins for Norwich. Norwich 6, Bournemouth 0, Barrow 0, Aston Villa 6, Newport 0, Southampton 8, West Brom 0, Arsenal 6. These are all teams that really needed the win to, to get their season off and running. And a lot of them fielded strong teams as well. OK, well, well, to address Cam's comment, of course, that looks only on those with uh, bag loads of money. If you've got a ton of money, you don't need the Carabao Cup. If, you're, if you can quibble over £150 million, you don't need the Carabao Cup. If you're playing in European football, if you buy Ronaldo, you don't need the Carabao Cup. If you're Barrow and you are writing letters of immense gratitude to Aston Villa for letting them keep the home, uh, the home fee, the home aggregate fee, then you realise that Barrow and Newport County, who are on the wrong end of hammerings, see the Carabao Cup as a very important lifeline. I get so angry and so frustrated when you talk about the big boys and nothing else because football is a complete ecosystem. Without your Barrows, you don't get your Manchester Cities. Without your, uh, your, without your Bournemouths even, who've just gone down, you don't get your big clubs. The other thing that's beginning to really anger me is that teams even at the top end of the championship are deciding that the Carabao Cup is below them. West Bromwich Albion made 11 changes, less than four full appearances in their starting lineup before they, uh, they, they took on um, Arsenal, it was, in the, uh, in the Carabao Cup. That's immense disrespect to, to the competition. So, so I'm just, what this is showing me is the gap is getting wider and wider and wider and those at the bottom end are being cast further and further and further adrift. Uh, Barrow needed that, um, uh, that, that money from the crowd, from their home gate. It keeps them alive until the end of this year. It pays all of their bills, one, um, one home advantage. So to those who say Carabao Cup Club should be stopped, if you want that flipping European Super League, then you go and have your way and forget about the rest. Think about football as an ecosystem. Cameras, notwithstanding I... with, sorry, I was going to say, notwithstanding with, with COVID, you know, um, I think a lot of the uh, lower league teams have suffered immensely. So, you know, yeah. Absolutely. This is one of the ways that we can get back to the even, game. Even yeah. without COVID, this has been happening for years upon yeah, years yeah, upon yeah. years. And even you and your start here, you just went through the big clubs. You didn't mention Sheriff. That's the biggest story. In, 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 in the, that's the first time a Moldovan club has ever qualified for the European Cup. It doesn't even get a footnote. Football is an ecosystem. To be fair, we, we've only got limited time here, Des, and, and you've ranted on way too long now. Uh, back <laughs> to the Carabao Cup, back to the topic. Uh, shock and not a good one for Patrick Vieira as Palace were knocked out by a Premier League side Watford. Um, I'll, just, I'll just smooth over Nottingham Forest, nil Wolves for Bob Holmes. Uh, that wasn't very smooth. <laughs> not smooth at all. Not smooth at all. I'll, I'll go to Lynn and talk about Everton's very close 2-1 win uh, over Huddersfield. What's worrying here, Lynn, is Michael Keane. Oh, yes. Our defence has been sloppy. Um, he's just cost us goals in the last three games. So, uh, we, really, we just scraped through that game. And we That's were very lucky through. to, yep. All right. We well, were very lucky. The third round draw, uh, QPR versus Everton, Man United against West Ham, Fulham against Leeds. You've got Brentford against Oldham, Chelsea, Aston Villa, who's Liverpool playing? Norwich, Liverpool, Arsenal, Wimbledon, Man City, Wickham Wanderers, 
Wolves against Spurs, another Nuno derby there. And uh, that is your Carabao Cup third round draw. Uh, Full draw is on our Facebook page, BFM Football. We're off our first break. We come back and we start previewing weekend three. And in successive seasons, Southampton have been here for nine. On the ball on BFM 89.9. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Des Corkill, Bob Holmes and Lin Chu joining me this Friday evening as we take a look at the final weekend of matches in this August month. And then it's the international break. And we know we all love international breaks, don't we? Yay! Man City versus Arsenal is a massive game. 7.30pm kickoff. Um, Kane out, Ronaldo in at City. We've already mentioned that, uh, but as it stands, neither will be involved in this one. Let, let's 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 look at City, and I'll come to you, Des Corkill. Tell me why City, even without Kane, uh, have got a very good score, and and why why you you put them as as uh, favourites for the title? Uh, because even without a regular centre forward, they can score goals from from all over the place. Uh, they, de- they, they defend, their two central defenders are very good. It allows their full-backs to get forward in support of a really creative midfield. They can play ticky-tacky. If they sign Ronaldo, it gives them another option going up front as well in that he'll lurk around the, 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 the penalty area, six-yard box, and score the tap-ins because he's an out-and-out centre-forward now. He's not the player he was at Man United. He's an out-and-out big number nine who can be a target man and introduce players. So if they get Ronaldo in a footballing sense, I think that add something to City's bow but they they can just score from anywhere midfield wide up top centre back Stones if he plays and uh, Diaz uh, if he plays they can all score probably Edison can uh, can contribute a couple of goals as well I just think they're the complete team and it will need them to implode for others to win the title in my opinion yeah, this is the, the, the professor versus the protégé meetup at Etihad. Uh, I guess if anyone knows Pep Guardiola's football and, and his, his mind games, anyone more than anyone, it will be Mikel Arteta. What's wrong in your eyes, Lynn, with Arsenal? <laughs> so, well, remember, think- we've only got an hour, yeah? <laughs> yeah and, and the funny thing is um, Arteta has been given five games to to prove himself and the fifth game is actually against Tottenham so you know good luck to him um the thing was I think he was um sorry my dog's barking yeah no problem we love yeah. dogs we love dogs. <laughs> it was international dog day yesterday anyway so anyway I think um and they're still celebrating yeah yes yeah <laughs> was sorely lacking options for the last two games you know so when Obama Yang came back I think he He's going to be the key for for Arsenal, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's good that he's back from COVID. Um, yeah, they they just seem all over the place, and um, yeah, that's I, just, I, yeah. I I agree. I agree. Aubameyang coming back it is massive. I think Arsenal so needed that Carabao Cup to to at least prove that they can score goals, Bob. But th- this is a big one. I mean, you you fear for Arteta. I mean. You know, we, we hear about the Arteta project. We hear about five games to get it right. But what happens if City absolutely put a cricket score up here? I don't uh, mean well, India cricket score, yeah? Uh, <laughs> no. Or even Joe Root. 
Um, but uh, yeah, um, to think that we we thought that Pep might even be a little lost when Arteta left. I mean, I remember saying it on on the show, and he did start quite impressively at Arsenal, yeah. didn't he? He won the um, he won the FA Cup, um, and he looked he looked organised, and it coincided with Pep having a little bit of a wobble and we we really thought that Pep was going to miss Arteta's influence um well maybe he did he, he did replace him of course in the end but Arteta is a very well organized um, um guy he doesn't look like it at the moment uh with the way Arsenal are playing um but he's got a there are a few mitigating factors and he's still clearing out some of the players, some of the, the guys who don't really want to be there. He, Ozil, of course, was, was one. Uh, you wouldn't call him dead wood, although he hasn't, he hasn't done anything anywhere Willian, else. Willian seems um, to be on his way out. Will, and he's on a massive Willian, yeah. Willian was, a, was a bad buy. Um, Kalinic, um, the uh, defender, uh, doesn't want to be there, hasn't wanted to be there for the best part of two years. They're still hanging around. And Arteta's tried to promote youngsters. And he's, he did reasonably well, I thought, for the first half of his tenure. But it seems to be getting away from him. And I'm not sure that he can control the big egos. It looks to me it's more off the field than on it. Of course, it manifests itself in poor displays on the field. But I think there might be some personality problems there. Anyway, you mentioned it earlier, and Lindid, Aubameyang is the key. If you've got somebody who can keep getting the goals on a regular basis, then it, it keeps managers in jobs. Yeah. Now, the problem is Aubameyang has not been doing it on a regular basis. Um, and like teams like Barrow, Arsenal badly needed that Carabao Cup in midweek. They battle. If anybody needed a 6-0 win, it was Arsenal. So they'll be feeling a lot better about themselves. And that's in the nick of time with City uh, to face uh, on Saturday. So I would say they go into it with a little hope. I think that, I mean, if they keep it down to, say, 2-0, they will be happy. I mean, it is that kind of situation. A hammering would be very bad for Arteta. I, I don't know how long he would last, but I think they are capable of actually keeping it down. So it, it, it's a good one to watch on, on Saturday at 7.30 in the evening. Yes, yeah. will be very interesting, even if Ronaldo isn't yet signed. Uh, early team news. Phil Foden's definitely out until after the international break. Kevin De Bruyne did not train this week. He's got ongoing problems. Uh, John Stone's... Uh, could take part. He's struggling. Uh, Laporte looks like he's back in in uh, in Pep's good books again. For Arsenal, we heard Aubameyang and Lacazette are actually back from COVID infection. Ben White, uh, they don't expect to make. Odegaard uh, put in some time against West Brom. So he's back. Um, it is a 7.30pm kickoff. Man City versus Arsenal. It is a massive one and it gets your weekend off and running. Brighton versus Everton. It's a Saturday 10pm kickoff. Now, I never thought I'd say this, <laughs> Des Cockill. Brighton come into this one. 
well, they would be top of the table, right? I mean, just goal difference, keeping up. They're on a 100% record. Play 2-1-2. Two, two. The Graham Potter project is, is, is showing paying dividends at the moment. Yeah, kind of. And they beat uh, Cardiff as well in the Carabao Cup yeah. midweek as well with, with, with a clean sheet. So I'm surprised by them. Got, got, to, got to say, they were one of my tips to go down. I, I do feel this might just be uh, a, a fast start because Burnley away and Watford at home isn't the most onerous of starts. But you've got to beat the teams around you to, to, to get away from, from the bottom. I think uh, these next uh, couple of games, because they've got um, uh, Everton at home, who are looking strong. Benitez has got Everton organised and I think confident. And he, he has a plan, uh, Rafa Benitez. And the players, if they don't stick to that plan, they get shouted at. If they do stick to that plan, they get shouted at. It's the perfect Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so Everton are a decent side. I think Brighton will find their level. But you get off to a good start. We've seen it in, in seasons gone by. If you can get 20 points on the board in the first uh, um, 10, 15 games of the season, you're safe from relegation. So they could be buoyed from that, but I do feel that Everton and then Leicester will actually uh, burst that um, bubble because uh, Leicester are coming up after that. There's talk of New Malpai being looked at by big clubs as well. He's got two in two. Danny Welbeck is apparently fit to return. Uh, he'll probably return to the bench for the Seagulls. Joel Veltman, Tarek Lamptey and Dan Byrne are still out. Uh, for Everton... What, what's your report on, on Rafa Benitez so far, Lin Chu? Uh, I mean, he's come from the other side of the city, obviously, but you had to get over that. He's still a decent coach and it's been a promising start, right? Oh, yes. I've, I've actually never, I'm one of the supporters who never had an issue with, with Rafa. I mean, whatever he said in the past is in the past, you know. Um, the thing is, he's a very effective manager. He's got a plan and he's a no-nonsense person. So he gets the job done and that's what, exactly what we want and I think he's had a good start and he's starting to warm up to the fans in fact some of the fans are starting to sing and chant his name already so I think that's that's a good thing um and 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 what I really like about it is that um you know uh we're getting back to a lot of direct play you know rather than just possession football and not seeing any result at the end of it so I mean we've we've just um ground the results from the last um three games. Um, the only issue is we still have a problem with our defence mm. when um, Holgate is playing, when Keane is playing, you know, we just seem to be needlessly conceding goals and um, I hope that Ben Godfrey will be back in no time. Yeah, uh, he could yeah. be available. Uh, how do you see this one yeah. going, Bob? Uh, Brighton-Everton? Uh, well, Everton, I, I, I think are um, on the right path now under, under Rafa um, and uh, I agree with uh, Des there. Brighton will find their level. They've got off to a, a decent start. Uh, I think they've got to hang on to Mope because uh, he's one of the few who knows where the net is. Yeah, Rafa's uh, interested, apparently. Uh, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if he plays. Uh, if he doesn't, I think you'll have to assume that he's on his way. But uh, he didn't score that many. I think the leading scorer last season... Uh, was a Trossard, I think, mm -hmm. with about five or five six. Five or six, yeah. yeah well, I mean, goals was second. <laughs> goals was second, yeah. Well, it might be worth signing own goals. Um, yeah, so that's their problem, Brighton. And they don't seem to be addressing it. I mean, you've got two 
the two main guys, right, besides own goals, Mope and Trossard, do you prepare to let one of them leave with only a couple of days left in the transfer window? It doesn't leave you much time to get somebody else, does it? But you find this with a lot of uh, managers. I mean, Patrick Vieira, he's had all this time to, to get a striker. He hasn't got one either. Mm. I don't know what it is. But um, uh, Everton don't have a problem there with uh, um, Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. So I, I, would, I would go for Everton. I, I feel Everton will actually do all right this season under, under Rafa. Brighton versus Everton, Saturday, 10 p.m. kickoff. Another break. We'll be back on the other side of this. Mason Mount has scored a speculative hit from a fairway out. But Chelsea now, from a fairway out, have a view, perhaps, of something profitable. On the ball on BFM 89.9. To have real confidence to deceive the goalkeeper like that. This it completely, completely fools Edison, who's just not expecting Vardy to go with that kind of cheek. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. It's our final round of EPL matches before the first international break of the season. Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, and Lin Chu joining me. Of course, you can follow up on shows and, and all the latest football news. Just check out our Facebook and Instagram pages, BFM Football. Right, West Ham versus Crystal Palace is, well, they're top of the table, aren't they, West Ham? They were great fun in the Monday night game. 4-1 winners over Leicester City. They take on Crystal Palace at 10pm. Des Corkill, how fun have West Ham been and how wrong has everybody been about David Moyes? Well, I've been particularly wrong because uh, since the start of last year, I've been saying expect West Ham to find their, <laughs> their level. Because I still, I look at that starting lineup and I, I can see bright bits, but it, it's beyond me that how overachieving they are. So clearly David Moyes has got a lot more. I mean, he proved that at Everton. I, I did think he got a rough ride at, um, at, at, at United, but he's clearly got something where players look to play for him. And rather like Rafa Benitez, he has a system. It's not the most exciting system, but it's very effective. But West Ham have scored eight goals now. Um, there, there was a big help in the in the red card for um, was it Tielemans? No, yeah, um, yeah for Tielemans. No, uh, 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 Perez. Yeah, Perez. Sorry. So there was a big helping hand there. So four-one actually makes this look like a hammering, and it wasn't. Leicester were right back in this, even with ten men. So again, I wouldn't go overboard with West Ham, but. I'm not going to say that they're going to find their level again. Eight goals in two matches. Great fun to watch. Um, Antonio really is a... He's Lukaku-esque up yeah. front. In yeah. that he's, he's big and strong, holds the ball up, brings other players into, into play and scores goals. That was a great goal, the, the, the turn into Schmeichel's uh, left-hand corner. So, yeah, West Ham, maybe to, to, maybe to go one better, maybe to get that European slot this year. Maybe. Saying that, watch them go relegation. <laughs> <laughs> Mikel Antonio celebrating with a cardboard cutout for himself, with off himself. It's got to be the best celebration so far this season. Uh, Bob, I come to you and I ask this very difficult question. Is there light at the end of the tunnel for Patrick Vieira and Crystal Palace? They've had a tough old time. They've even got knocked out of the Carabao Cup in midweek. I mean, it's not looking good. They're a striker short. Players are, are not up to scratch. Nine pe- people have left 
including Roy Hodgson. Um, yeah, Bob. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think your tunnel isn't very long, is it? They've only played two league games and you're okay, already writing okay. them off. And uh, they did get a point, um, didn't they? So, uh, you know, there are teams below them. Uh, you've got to give a manager longer than that. Even Frank De Boer had longer, didn't he? He had four games. <laughs> but uh, they did uh, lose uh, a lot of players. We we've, we've keep repeating this, but it has to be said in any judgment on Crystal Palace. I think they had something like 600 appearances between them, the yeah. players who have left at the end of their contracts. And that is, it's not easy to replace that experience. And he's not really done it. He's got one or two youngsters in, a bit of promise here and there. He's hampered by having players injured. Izzy, who was uh, really uh, quite an exciting talent, uh, uh, I feel, last um, in the first part of last season. Um, he's been out with a long-term injury. He could make a difference. But I'm surprised, as I said earlier, that he hasn't acted uh, sooner than this. There's only three days left in the transfer window. He still needs a striker. Even if he, even if Benteke um, does uh, liven up, he hasn't looked very good so far. Even if he does, he still needs another another partner or a replacement. He can't rely just on on Benteke alone. So he really should be working the transfer market desperately need a striker because you just pop in the odd goal here and there you know off the backside whatever you know it keeps managers in jobs it's all about goals and these teams that are struggling we always find them every year teams like Brighton playing nice football should be halfway up the league but are struggling because you look at the goal scoring list the leading goal scorer's own goals you know I don't know why these managers can't see this because there are people out there. Um, so unless he gets a striker, I think he's going to be struggling, frankly, Crystal Palace. And we saw this coming when, when the great exodus occurred in the summer with Roy Hodgson leaving and, and all those experienced players and not a lot was done to remedy the situation. So uh, I think they are, they are relegation candidates. All right, as Bob mentioned, uh, Eberichi Eze is out. Uh, Luka Milivojevic will not be available this weekend due to personal reasons. So he's a massive loss. He comes with a vast amount of experience. West Ham versus Crystal Palace then is a Saturday 10pm kickoff. Now, arguably, the tie of the weekend is Liverpool versus Chelsea. It's, uh, it's half past midnight on Sunday. I, I know... Which side you're leaning towards, Lin Chu, if I come to you first? <laughs> but do, I mean, um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a big game. It, it, are you looking forward to, to watching it? Oh, yes. I think, I think it's going to be a goal-scholar game. I could be wrong. It could be, you know, really boring. But um, with Lukaku back, uh, and uh, I think he hasn't scored at Anfield for the longest time since uh, his uh, West Brom days, I think. So uh, I think he'll be looking out to score. But at the same time, with Van Dijk back at Liverpool, you know, uh, it's going to be a really interesting match. And um, I think it's just going to be big flow of games because in the last two games, 
both teams have scored five games. I'm uh, sorry, five goals each. Yeah. So yeah. So let's see how it's going to work out. They they're both they're both uh, uh, favorites for for uh, bookies favorites for the title. Yeah. Uh, anyway, oh, I think it's going to be a draw. <laughs> you want it to be a draw. Um, yeah, it's it's true. Uh, Des, you, you can't look further than Lukaku versus Van Dijk. I mean, if Lukaku wants to test the I'm the complete striker package, this is the guy you've got to go up against, right? The Rolls Royce, that is, Virgil Van Dijk. Ah, don't forget Joel Matip as well. Everyone avoids the Joel Matip um, involve, involvement and importance because yeah, he's yeah, yeah, added yeah. really to the solidity. It, it, it's not one centre-back. He makes a huge difference. Of course he does because he's the dominant figure. But Matip has been terrific as well. I'm delighted to actually say there's the focus. Talk about Lukaku. Talk about Chelsea going to Anfield and winning. I'm delighted with that because shh, keep it quiet. Liverpool have got Salah looking good, Mane looking good. They're attacking well. Jota's scored in two games. Uh, you've got a midfield coming back where Fabinho may well uh, have a chance to start his first game of the season. Jordan Henderson might start his first game of the season. But happy to talk about Chelsea because they're the ones who've spent the ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, and just keep it quiet about Liverpool. This reminds me of the old Mourinho versus Rafa battle for supremacy in the 2005 season where these games are really, really important. So unlike Lynn, I can't see a goals fest. I can see a nil-nil or a 1-1 or just one goal separating this because this is really important psychologically for both teams. Yeah, and, and Thomas Tuchel has done an amazing job. I mean, that's an understatement. Wait, let me, let me go back and, and say that Andy Robertson is apparently available for Liverpool, but can he oust? Can he out Exactly. Can he out Who do you fancy for this one, Liverpool or, or Chelsea, Bob? It, it's they're both mammoth teams, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I go for Liverpool because uh, I think that uh, what we do overlook in Chelsea is the centre back situation, mm. and Thomas Tuchel is trying to uh, get a new one, Kawande, Jules Kawande of Sevilla, yeah, but yeah. Sevilla are refusing to do business. Now, the fact that he's looking for a centre back as late as this in the piece uh, suggests that he's not entirely happy with what he's got. Now, it's a pretty important position, as uh, Liverpool well know, and uh, I think there are openings there. Uh, to be exploited, whereas Liverpool seem to have uh, rectified their problem. The players are all coming back and uh, uh, Van Dijk, amazingly, looks very good. So early, we didn't think that he'd be at his best until perhaps after the international break. But so far, so good. I agree with Des. Keep it quiet. But if anybody can handle Lukaku, it's Van Dijk. This is going to be worth watching, the, worth the admission money alone, worth the subscription fee alone, the Van Dijk-Lukaku class, uh, clash, because these are the, arguably the best centre-back and best centre-forwards in the old-fashioned sense in the world. Um, so uh, an almighty collision there. And... Uh, I think that Van Dyke will will possibly edge that. I think he uh, just has that uh, that power, that strength, and it affects the rest of the team, not just the defence, but it seems to flow through the team. When you've got a guy like that, 
as you say, a Rolls Royce at the back, cool, commanding. He does a lot of shouting, which of course yeah. we never hear on TV, but apparently he never stops. He's always at, at the players, even the forwards. So to have that, you know, they really missed him last season. You know, it was unbelievable uh, how much they missed him, but he's back and hopefully he'll stay in one piece. And I think that is a significant uh, factor there. I bet if you, I bet if you played the recordings of all Van Dyke's shouting from from season one to say five years from now, it will be progressively from Dutch to Scouse the accent. <laughs> if if Diego Jota scores against Chelsea, he will become the fourth player to net in each of Liverpool's first three games of the campaign. He will join. Robbie Fowler, Daniel Sturridge and Saido Mane. It is the big clash of the weekend. Sunday, half past midnight. Uh, Virgil van Dijk versus Romelu Lukaku. Liverpool versus Chelsea. We go into another break. Uh, back right after this. Big deep breath. Salah thumps it in as if he means it. On the ball on BFM 89.9. United scything through their defence and Marcus Rashford in the right place at the right time to double the lead. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Bob Holmes, Des Corkill, Lin Chu joining me to look forward to the third weekend of the Premier League season. Don't forget... Premier League uh, fantasy football this season. It is brought to you by our friends at my-soccer.com. Uh, go there if you want to buy uh, kits, uh, especially uh, with names on the back. And anyway, we've got prizes available for manager of the month. Unfortunately, you can't join now because we've shut contests. Uh, we've shut it all. But good luck to all the managers involved. And also look out for fantasy football tips throughout the season brought to you by our Friends, the Banger Committee. Right then, Tottenham versus Watford is Sunday at 9pm. Tottenham involved, of course, in the Europa Conference. We spoke about them beating Paco de Ferreira 3-0, 3-1 aggregate win. Uh, Nuno Espirito Santo has had a very good start at Tottenham Hotspur Lin Chu. Um, despite all the Harry Kane shenanigans going on, he's handled himself really well. He's got the team playing well, and Della Ali is, is slowly coming good again. Yes, and I, I can't see a big upset for this one, you know. Um, with Kane back in the fold and Loris being, you know, really good at it. So, um, I mean, to be fair, um, Watford did win against Villa, but um, I think Tottenham will just easily sail through this one. Yeah, I mean, Tottenham, they obviously, Kane now staying is like a new player for them, Des Corkill. Um, but, but Watford this season, I, I, I know, you know, the England squad came out, Jude Bellingham was involved, right, uh, named in the squad. I, I don't understand why Tom Cleverley doesn't get a shout. <laughs> Tongue firmly in cheek, folks. Tongue firmly uh, in cheek. Uh, very good. It's, uh, you, you can talk Watford. They, they'll, they'll bloody one or two people's nose because yeah. they've got... Um, They've got Ishmael Saar and they'll, they'll, they'll be pacey. Uh, I, I can't see them, as, as with Lynn, I can't see them upsetting Tottenham. For Tottenham, tell you what, what a week this has been. Everybody was writing them off um, beforehand. And the Pacos Ferreira 1-0 defeat away, people going, oh, isn't it awful? And I was going, 
you lose one nil away. You'll, you'll pick a decent side and you'll win three three nil at home. So they're through in Europe. They're two out of two, two clean sheets. They've beaten Manchester City, the defending champions. Um, so they're going in with confidence. They've got Harry Kane, who's committed to him. Um, it, it will cost Tottenham some money because there's talk he'll have to. Uh, he's asking for 400 grand a week, which is obscene by any stretch of the imagination. There you go. There's just my one whinge about the finance of football. But they've got him. So it means that they will be really competent um, team to, 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 to play against. So I can see them building on their start to the season. Deli Ali looks born again. He's a number 10. Yeah. I never understood why he was moved around. And if Son and Kane can uh, work their magic together, then going forward, they'll be good. Defensively, they've been strong. You saw that. Bergwin's been a, a terrific asset. And so the, the, the new coaches coming and done a, a really good job. Word of warning, though, they've got Palace, Chelsea, and Arsenal coming up. They've got three big London derbies. And even Watford is kind of a, a Londonish derby. So it's looking good for Tottenham now, but they've got a really, really difficult uh, test coming up in September. But um, so far, so good. And what a week for Daniel Levy. He must be saying, listen, you don't muck around with me. I asked for 150 million. If they'd offered 150 million, he probably would have sold him. But they didn't. Mm -hmm. So great, great for football that money hasn't won. Great for football. I, I wonder if Levy got Amazon in to, to secretly film all that as well. Season two. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, uh, Des mentioned it there. They're, they're strong at the back this season, Bob uh, Spurs. I mean, J Jafet Tanganga and Re Region, who we know is a very useful left back. They've all slotted in nicely. They all seem to be working to the Nuno system. And uh, yes, yeah, Son, he's yet to catch fire, remember? Yeah, uh, it is looking good. And uh, Nuno is a, a vastly underrated manager. Do you reckon I mean, do you reckon, did, do you reckon Kane could do a turnaround? Do you reckon they could convince him, give him a big contract, he'll stay? Uh, what, longer than this season? Longer than till January. Um, no, I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. The question will be, uh, will City still be interested yeah. in him uh, to, uh, enough to pay big bucks? I mean, his value presumably will come down a little by being he'll be 29 next year um so i mean that is that is getting on a bit isn't it uh these days so uh yeah that's questionable but uh yeah it's looking good i'm surprised that uh he, he hasn't gone because spurs have spent half the money they were expected to get for him already and i thought daniel levy he doesn't have any more surely you know he's in debt with the stadium and and they've but they bought well and this mm. Brian Gill mm. he uh, he laid on uh, one of the goals in midweek. Okay, uh, he's yeah. I think he's a very exciting player. They've done well to get him for a relatively small amount of money, uh, twenty odd million, I think. I mean, he's on the verge of the Spanish national side. Yeah, um, a top player. I don't know how they. That's a steal, an absolute steal. But. What Levy has done, he's never done this before. He's got a director of football in, Paratici, an Italian who was at Juventus. And now he knows Italian football inside out and knows European continental football inside out. And Levy has allowed him, he's given him some rope and some money to pick a few bargains here and there. And he's delivered. And But as I say, I don't know where the money has come from because yeah. I was expecting it to come from Man City for, for Kane. But 
Levy is a top businessman, top, top businessman. The, the ground is mortgaged long term, apparently. So the situation is, although the, he is in debt massively, it's not immediate. No one's knocking on his door saying, where's my money? So he, he spread the debt. And so therefore, he's been able to buy one or two players. So that's the reason. So he's, he's winning hands down. All right. Tottenham have only lost one of their last 27 home league games against promoted sides. And that was against Nuno's Wolves back in December 2018. All right, it's a 9pm kickoff on Sunday, that one. Tottenham against Watford. Uh, Wolves, Nuno's old team, uh, under new management, Bruno Lager is the man in charge. Wolves against Man United is Sunday at half past 11. The big big question here, Lynn, is will the big money signings, Rafael Varane and Jadon Sancho, start for Man United? I think they will. And... Um... Pogba has just been phenomenal, I think. Um, he's just been, I think he's very, well, I can't say underrated, can I? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I think uh, Sancho is going to get a start. And I'm looking forward to watching him play, actually. What, what, what do you think about Solskjaer at, at United? Do, do you think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a project that's going to bear fruit? Does he have to win something this season for you? I think he will bring something to the team. I think he definitely would. I mean, he's, he's, I mean since he came, he's been uh, seen as you know, just a young manager, but um, he seemed to have built something over the years. And you, know, you talk about um, having big-name managers to, to pull in um, big-name players as well, right? Look who's this brought, who he's brought in. He's brought yeah. in... Sancho, he's brought in Baran, so I think he's done very well for himself, and I think the fans just need to, well, continue to give him, to keep the faith in him. Okay, well, if, if Man United avoid defeat against Wolves on Sunday, they will hold the outright top flight record for unbeaten away from home. They, it will be 28 matches if they avoid defeat. Um, Wolves, though, Des, I'll be honest, I don't know much about them. I know Traore. Uh, Spurs once, Traore. They're talking to. I mean, Bruno Lager's got a big job here. They've, they've. I mean, they've got nothing so far as well. Yeah, they're changing their name to Wolf, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Nil, I understand. Oh. They, they just cannot <laughs> score goals, and I don't see where the goals are going to come from. Before that, listen, we've got to congratulate Manchester United on. They've already won the league, so let's let's uh, just congratulate Man United about that. That five-one Leeds victory. Let's forget the little matter that they were held one all against Southampton. Let's forget that. Let's forget that Southampton actually should have won it. But United are such a wonderful, wonderful team. Fabulous. Congratulations, Man United. But Wolves nil. If, if United don't get that world record, away, away unbeaten record. Wow, what a club they are. That's one to put onto the trophy board. Then they deserve shooting because I don't see where the Wolves goals are going to come from. Traore is, I mean, he's an in and, in and out player. Um, Trincao's nice, useful. Jimenez, everybody said, oh, they missed him so much. But Jimenez never used to score that many goals anyway. They don't score many from midfield. They're difficult to break down. But I can't see where Wolves are going to um, score the goals. So it should be United continuing their blunderbuss victory on the way to winning uh, the, the title, the European Cup, the World Club Cup, and the World Cup as well, probably.
envious much <laughs> I, I i don't know <laughs> scott mctominay and not to mention not yeah. to mention that bruno fernandez can score without penalties yeah nice one nice one <laughs> against again away at southampton scott mctominay won't be involved this weekend he's undergone surgery on his groin so yippee fred might start um for for wolves uh des mentioned uh, raul Jimenez. i mean he you he's got to be given time surely bob i mean he he could be into well he has been integral to, to wolves and he is that important but you you're you're laying too much responsibility on a man coming back from what nine months out yeah yeah with a fractured skull i mean we saw it in uh, the last game last weekend uh, i can see it now the a cross came over and it was a little bit low but he could have headed it and he chose not to. I don't know if you spotted this. It was an insignificant, otherwise insignificant moment. Nothing came of it, but it was a chance. And I think had he, you know, prior to the injury, he would have headed it and possibly scored. Now, I don't blame him at all. Anybody who's had a fractured skull and it's a miracle that he's come back at all, all credit to him. But if he's not going to be going for the ball in the air like that, he's yeah. not going to be the same player. Mm. Hopefully he will. Hopefully this is just, you know, he's got to work it out. This is only the second game of the season we're talking about. Hopefully, that you know, he'll get more confidence. It's quite understandable, even with his head guard. But uh, he's got to be back to where he was for Wolves to really have... Uh, much chance of uh, a, a positive season. I wish him well because he seems like a, a pretty decent guy as well. Uh, everyone seems to like him in Wolverhampton, handled himself very well. And he used to thrive on Adama Traore's crosses. That used to be the, the standard for Wolves, didn't it? Traore going down the wing. He's a yeah. good crosser of a ball yeah. and Hema's getting on the end of it. But you saw in that, in that same game, Traore is really on fire, but he can't finish, can he? Mm. That's his problem. I mean, if yeah, he could finish, yeah. he'd yeah. be one hell of a player. You yeah. know, he'd be a he'd be an eighty or ninety million pound player. But that's he's, someone's got to work on that. But it's it's a natural gift. I don't, you can improve, but you can't you can't become a natural predator. That's his one weakness. All right, Wolves against Man United Sunday, 11.30 p.m. Elsewhere, you've got Aston Villa against Brentford, Newcastle against Southampton, Norwich against Leicester City, and Burnley against Leeds United. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have. If you want to catch up on all previous shows, do check out bfm.my or our Facebook page, BFM Football. I have to say thanks to the guys. Thank you, Lin Chu. Thank you, and have a good weekend, everyone. Indeed. Thank you, Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the football. And thanks, Des. A reminder, Johor Dal Taksim can win the Malaysia Super League if they beat Pahang in a game that starts in just a couple of minutes' time. Actually, Johor Dal Taksim can win the Super League even if they don't turn up. But there you go. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, I'll see you Monday. Bye now. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball next Friday on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.